You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern. Helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern and you are listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode 27. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 27. Today I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Normally on these solo episodes, I answer a question from a member of the community. And today, instead, I'm going to share an audio version of the latest blog post with you. The reason I'm doing this, in addition to the fact that this post happens to be particularly long, and I want to make sure it's as accessible as possible, in different formats, is that this is an issue that I am extremely passionate about. It's the issue of experts, and more importantly, pseudo experts, those fake experts that are all over blogs these days. And with everything going on politically right now, in the UK, you have the Brexit issue and people's distrust of legitimate experts. And Then here in the U.S., it's presidential election year, and we're always skeptical of anyone who tells us anything we don't like to hear over here. So it kind of felt like an appropriate tie-in with the timing. So yeah, we're going to talk about expertise. And not only our responsibility as writers and bloggers, but our responsibility as readers to see through the bullshit. And you know what? So many of us are trained to tell these stories and to come up with these messages and to convince people and convert them in some way that every single one of us should know better. And yet we all fall for it at one time or another. So I want to talk about it. It's a topic I'm passionate about. I will warn you up front that I have a particularly foul mouth in this episode. So you should not read the post, which I will link to on the show notes page. And you should not continue listening if you have a problem with that. If you're cool, I'm cool. Let's get to it. This is an open letter on trust, experts, and blogging for all indie writers, readers, and my fellow bloggers out there. Bloggers, readers, friends, we need to talk. Do you know what I love about all indie writers readers, including you? You're out there carving your own path, pursuing the career and lifestyle you want without feeling constrained by someone else's notion of the kind of job you should have. You get up every day and you don't simply write. You run a business. Think about that for a second. You, a business owner. Not everyone has that in them. And do you know what that entrepreneurial nature of yours tells me about you? It tells me you're bright, you're passionate, you're persistent, and most important, you're quite capable of thinking for yourself. Yet every single day, it seems, I see writers just like you and me using their blogs and media platforms to spew complete and utter bullshit under the guise of expertise. And every single day, it seems, I see readers just like you and me eating that shit up without a second thought. We're the problem, writers readers, experts. Experts are funny things these days. Everyone wants to be seen as one, yet no one wants to trust them. Nothing illustrates the latter point better than this week's EU referendum in the UK. 
Why trust economic experts when making economic decisions with widespread ramifications? What the fuck do they know anyway? Why believe an expert in European law when they disagree with that warm, fuzzy feeling you get from raging nationalism? Nationalism never did any harm, right? This is hardly a UK issue. If you're familiar with US politics, you know we operate in a perpetual clusterfuck. That's never more evident than in a presidential election year. Remember when we elected Cool Dad and his opponents at once tried to convince us he was an other, not a real American, and an elite who we couldn't trust because he was some hoity-toity lecturer in constitutional law or some shit? I mean, who wants that as a president, right? In both the UK's Brexit debate and pretty much every presidential election we have in the US, we face these kinds of issues and arguments. They're bullshit, of course. But as consumers of news and information, we love bullshit. Bullshit is easy. It's not about doing what's really in our interests. It's about making us fear that other who supposedly wants to ruin or take over what we hold dear. It's not about wanting citizens to vote on the real issues at hand. It's about discrediting experts as some sort of elitist scum of the earth who think they're better than the rest of us. Unless those experts back up a person's or party's viewpoints, of course. Then there are special little unicorns plopping rainbow-infused bits of truth wherever they go. If we don't trust the people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about, then maybe we'll fall in line behind the loudest voice appealing to our fears. Because we as a species seem to have this incredible knack for throwing common sense out the window when fear is involved. Those experts, they're fighting a losing battle. Because those who want us to base decisions on fear, those people have a talent for something many experts lack. And that talent is for storytelling. Talk to any copywriter. Talk to any marketing or PR professional. Talk to anyone whose job it is to persuade and influence others. Facts aren't enough. Statistics aren't enough. Brilliant ideas aren't enough. You persuade people by telling stories, by appealing to their emotions. You find their pain points and you figure out what they fear. And then you tell them how you, and only you, know how to make everything better. Tell that story, and you win. Politicians and their campaign staff have become masters at factless fear-mongering. Their job is not to educate you. It's not to help you make well-informed decisions. Their job is to manipulate you, and they are damn good at their job. This is where those experts are supposed to come in. They're supposed to hold the storytellers accountable. Their job is to educate and inform and help people make better decisions based on facts rather than relying exclusively on emotional triggers. But experts often fail at this job. People buy into the experts are all elitist assholes crap because experts do a lousy job countering it. It's funny though. I know more than my fair share of experts, from professors to industry leaders, and I found elitist snobs to be the exception, not the rule. For the most part, experts are perfectly normal people, just like you. They just happen to know a shit ton more about one particular industry or issue than you do. But chances are good you're an expert at something they know very little about, too. Does that make you an elitist? The problem, or at least the problem I've witnessed, is that experts are sometimes absolute shit communicators. 
They don't always know how to take those facts and brilliant ideas bursting out of their ears and get them in front of the people who need to hear them in a way those people understand. In other words, they can be lousy storytellers. And they don't always realize they have this problem. Let me give you an example. When I was in college, I had to take a couple of economics courses. The professor was known to be tough. But I aced that first course while everyone else struggled with it and hated me for fucking up the curve. So I became an unwilling professor's pet and was almost always called on to come up with an answer if more than one student gave the wrong one because that always seemed to leave him frustrated. And I was frequently asked to stay behind when he was excited about some economic development in the news and wanted to chat about it. I had no idea why it was different for me, and I hated it. My roommate was in that course with me. We sat together. We read the same material. I knew she was putting in the same amount of time. And she was a bright girl. It's not that she couldn't get this material, but she was worried that she was going to fail the course. So she asked me if I could tutor her, and I agreed. And that's when we figured it out. I got back to our apartment one day, and she immediately pulled me aside to ask me questions about that day's lecture. And I was able to explain the concept she was struggling with in plain English for her, and point her to a great example in our textbook. She was shocked. I had just gotten in the door after a long day of classes and work, so how the hell had I found time to read the textbook already? But that was it. The professor set up the course like this. We would attend his lecture. Then we would read the corresponding section in the text, and then we'd come back to a quiz during the next class. But that's not what I did. I was one of those obnoxious students who was always reading ahead. So basically, I was learning the material from the textbook, which happened to be a good one, and then his lectures simply reinforced what I'd already learned. Good thing, too, because this guy was incredibly smart in the sense of being an economist, but he was a piss-poor lecturer. He was the kind of professor who would become frustrated when students didn't understand things that he'd spent 30 plus years teaching and practicing. He seemed to have no idea that it was those lectures, that it was his teaching style that might have been the problem because they were so example heavy, he would barely gloss over the fundamentals. Now, you can be an absolute fucking genius when it comes to your industry or your subject matter while not being cut out to teach that material to others. And that's where we sometimes see a disconnect. It's why experts sometimes seem like elitist assholes who just want to rub their intelligence in your face. They don't. Okay, maybe some do, but I don't think most do. They just don't always understand why you don't understand what seems like second nature to them. But frankly, experts, that's on you. If people aren't grasping what you're trying to teach them, It's not that they're all too dumb to understand what you're saying. It's that you aren't communicating well enough to be understood. Yeah, it fucking sucks that sometimes, such as in the case of politics, you have to go up against sleazy communications professionals with a different message. But guess what? They're experts at what they do too. And they will outshine you every single time unless you either learn how to communicate effectively or you partner with someone who can preferably the less sleazy breed of communications professionals, because after all, those other assholes, they give us all a bad name. So you shouldn't have a difficult time finding help. But readers, you're not off the hook. 
While it's up to legitimate experts to communicate their ideas and facts clearly, readers are ultimately responsible for their own decisions and actions. If you find yourself making decisions in a fit of passion or rage, you're not being responsible. You're being manipulated. And if you don't want experts treating you like you're a fucking idiot, then stop acting like one. Because you know damn well when you read or hear or see something that gets you riled up, that content or message was designed to do just that. And you know damn well that when you see message after message that just reinforces your preconceived notions, that you're being coddled and catered to by someone who wants you to trust them so they can take advantage of that trust later, whether that's to get your vote or to sell you something. When you play ignorant, when you give in, when you choose to ignore the lessons history teaches you, when you start parroting those messages instead of critically analyzing an issue and looking for facts that go beyond emotional appeal, you, readers, you are the problem. But this is about so much more than politics. I didn't even mean for this to be such a politically oriented rant, really. But elections on both sides of the pond kind of play perfectly into the underlying issue right now. That issue of experts and trust. On some level, I can't blame people for being skeptical of experts. Don't get me wrong. When someone's spent a career doing, researching, or teaching something, you should fucking consider what they have to say in that area. Real experts are worth your ear every single time, so don't dismiss them until you've taken the time to at least hear them out. But there's another side to the expert coin, the pseudo-expert. As if it isn't bad enough that legitimate experts have to deal with sleazy politicians and communications people trying to discredit them, they have to compete with fake experts. As readers, you probably come across fake experts all the time. And I'd bet many of you don't even pay enough attention to realize it. Let's turn our attention to blogs, especially those you visit for professional advice as a writer. Pseudo-experts have been a fucking plague in the writing and blogging community for years. Sean Blanda has a great post up at 99U on the topic. It's called The Creative World's Bullshit Industrial Complex. I'm going to link you to that at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 27 on the show notes page. Please read it. The post is about those who don't do before advising, who don't really intend to make contributions that matter who are far more concerned with building their own platform and fake expert status. You know the type. These are the bloggers who sign up for paid membership sites, courses, or mastermind groups run by smarmy marketers, often masquerading as topic or industry experts in their own right, when really marketing their own shit is all they know. The whole point of these groups or courses is to teach bloggers how to become authorities or some such nonsense by focusing on visibility and sales. These are also the ones who lie and tell you guest posting on big sites before you've put the time into actually building experience makes you an expert. I hate to break it to you, but all that does is make you an overexposed amateur. I was a little surprised by some of the comments on Blanda's post, such as one expressing delight that someone was actually speaking about it. Some of us have been speaking about it for years, actually. The problem is readers don't seem to pay attention. Not for long. Being a blind follower is easy. And people like easy, remember? Besides, the problem children, they never see themselves in the feedback. 
Oh, she must be talking about that other bullshit artist. Surely not me. And surely not my favoritest mentor in the whole wide world. My personal pet peeve, one of many as I'm sure you know, is the onslaught of freelance newbies who come in offering business advice to even newer freelancers when they haven't even fucking done the work yet. Newsflash, sweethearts. Freelancing for one, two, even three years, that doesn't make you an expert, no matter how many of your besties include you in their expert roundup posts. Yeah, the rest of us notice your perpetual circle jerk, and it's kind of gross. You haven't even gotten to the point where half of small businesses fail yet. About five years, if you're curious. When you do, maybe you'll actually have something to teach. Until then, ebooks, courses, and webinars, you're not ready. You're still a beginner. You're still figuring shit out. You're still in that necessary doing phase. And that's not a bad place to be, so enjoy it. If you're selling those things without real expertise to back them up, if you're trying to suck newer writers into these little ventures of yours so you can make a quick buck off their naive backs, go take a look in the mirror. That's what an asshole looks like. Congratulations. What's worse is these pseudo-experts often come to more experienced pros looking for advice. Then they turn around and share that advice on their blogs, giving no credit, of course, as if they're sharing their own little gems. When this happens, bloggers are basically stealing expertise to try to teach something they don't even fully understand themselves. And that's not only dishonest, it's dangerous. You can't steal real authority anyway. You have to earn it. But what is authority? Far too many bloggers mistake visibility for authority, but they're not the same thing. You can get visibility by pulling stupid stunts, kissing people's asses through influencer marketing, or whoring your blog or reputation out constantly for exposure. Authority, on the other hand, comes from actual knowledge and experience. It's when you have your own stories to tell. It's when you've gathered your own data to report, whether through research or analyzing existing metrics related to your business growth. It's when you've taken the time to look at industry issues critically and honestly, and you have a well thought out opinion to share. You don't build authority relying on constant roundup posts where you share quotes from actual experts because you aren't one. You don't build authority by publishing guest posts just so you can associate your name with a popular blog. You don't build authority by peppering your posts with statistics. Bonus points if you're too lazy to cite the original source and instead link to your favorite bloggers in the hopes they'll notice you. You don't build real authority by doing any of those things. Does that mean those types of blog content are a bad thing? Of course not. They have their place, and in some situations, they're your most logical option. The problem is when you start to think associating with experts makes you one in lieu of doing the work. Do you want to know how to build real authority? You put the fucking time in until you actually have something significant to say. Guest posts and open publishing platforms are a big part of the problem. It's become too easy for anyone under the fucking sun to pretend to be an expert. Just publish guest posts on popular blogs. Join open or semi-open publishing schemes. You can pretend to be an expert too. Even better, when you get someone to agree to publish your quote-unquote expert content, you can just follow this simple tutorial. First, make sure your post is super duper long. Then add lists because people love lists. Regurgitate something you learned from a real expert. 
And don't forget to throw in lots and lots of statistics so it looks like you actually did research and know something, given that you have no real experience to speak from. And make sure all of those statistics link to sources. No, not the actual studies, to bloggers you like who mention those studies. And then tell all those top bloggers you link to that you link to them. They like their ego stroked. Stroke it well enough or often enough and they might pat you on your little head and send you on your way with a shiny new link. Congratulations. You look like an expert even though you aren't one. You should be proud. Well now, you should be completely and utterly disgusted with yourself. But I bet you're proud. It's funny, isn't it? Here we are living in an age where legitimate experts are being treated like frauds. And at the same time, frauds put on their little expert hats and we fall for their bullshit on a regular basis. Real experts tell us what we need to hear, whether we like it or not. Pseudo-experts tell us what we want to hear. Because they know enough of us are stupid enough to trust them just because they reinforce our views or delusions as the case may be. Which one are you? And which do you put your trust in? I want to go back to politics for a moment. Look, I know what outcomes I want to see from upcoming votes, but I don't care how any of you vote as individuals. Whether that's in the EU referendum or in our next presidential election come November, that's your business alone. If you legitimately feel a major change is the best way to solve the problems that weigh on you, whether that's leaving the EU or flip-flopping political parties in power in our Congress or White House, then vote for those changes. But do so knowing that you'll have a hell of a long road ahead of you because you're choosing to start from scratch. And if you feel the best way to solve those problems is by maintaining influence and making changes from within rather than walking away or turning your back on a party, then you know where your vote belongs. But do so knowing you'll also have a hell of a long road ahead of you because your job doesn't end with a vote. That's where it begins. That reform you want, it doesn't happen with an election or referendum. It happens in the period that follows. What I do hope is that each and every one of you can look beyond the messaging you're bombarded with from both sides. And I hope you can come out on the other side knowing you voted based on the facts and that you voted your conscience. But in the meantime, readers, please, pretty, pretty please, can we stop demonizing experts? The real ones, I mean. How about we turn our pitchforks on the pseudo-experts who fuck people over left and right just to make a buck or to manipulate their way into more votes? Or how about the marketers who teach amateurs being an authority is about nothing more than shouting just a little bit louder than everyone else? That would be anger well-placed. And it would be about damn time. And that is all I have for you today. Thank you for listening. If you'd like me to tackle a question in a future episode, you can submit your writing-related questions through the contact forum at allindywriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindywriters.com or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 27. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com.
You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.